Welcome, everyone, to the Tuesday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am your host, as always, Tyler Crawley. And normally on Monday, we don't have a lot to get to. I mean, let's be honest. Mondays are kind of dead with regards to data, and that is not the case for this Monday. Now, one of the reasons why is because I'm an idiot. And for some reason, I thought that rate lock data was going to be coming out on Tuesday, which makes no sense because it always comes out on Monday. But um, I just was being stupid and was like, oh, it's not coming out till Tuesday. It's it's it was out and we are going to get to it. We also got some data from the New York Fed. But where we are going to start is probably one of the big, most hotly debated metrics in housing right now. And that is inventory. And we all know that when it comes to inventory, I have one go-to company, and that is Altos. Altos Research has beaten everyone to the punch on every twist and turn of this housing market, at least since I've been following it closely at the beginning of this year. They were the first to see inventory levels plummet, which caused the housing market to skyrocket. They were the first to see inventory levels begin to rise, which started a slow in housing. They were also the first to see inventory levels start to pick up the pace, which then caused housing to fall. And they are now the first to see a slowdown in inventory gains. And now the first to see inventory levels drop because for the second week in a row, Altos Research has inventory levels falling by 1%. So it fell 1% last week and it fell 1% this week. So if anyone thought last week was an anomaly, was a fluke, not according to the data. So right now we have 547,000 single family homes for sale, which, like I said, is a 1% drop from this last week and a 1% drop from the previous week. And then complicating matters, there are 25% fewer new listings than you normally would expect at a time like this. And that's important because if you remember what Mike Simon said, he's the CEO of Altos. He's looking at this data. And remember what he said? Because he was originally projecting, he said, listen, this inventory, you know, Armageddon that everyone's predicting, it's just not going to happen. And he, he pointed out because what's happening when, when inventory levels really started to skyrocket, you're just pulling sales forward. So all the sales that would have been happening now, October, November, got pulled forward earlier this year. So they're happening in the beginning of the summer instead of in the fall. And he said, we're probably going to see a drop off at the end of the year. And he seems to have hit the nail right on the head. So we're seeing inventory levels drop because fewer new listings are coming on the market. I mean, The guy was spot on. And so now, this is important. He thought that by now we'd be seeing 625,000 homes for sale. We're at 547. He is now predicting that we are going to end the year with 470,000 homes for sale. That is incredibly low. Because remember, you want to normalize inventory somewhere around a million. Like kind of in the, like 1.5 million. So if things are getting tight, closer to a million. Things are looser, closer to 2 million. He's projecting at the end of the year, we're going to have 470,000 homes for sale. I mean, just, just 
complete opposite of what you're hearing from so many people out there in sort of, you know, housing, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, whatever it is, they're all projecting and predicting this inventory Armageddon. Now, of course, it should also be said that these same people were also predicting that the housing market was going to crash in 2020, 2021, and now here they are thinking it's going to crash in 2022. But the main driver for that argument is inventory levels skyrocketing, and they are not. They have hit a brick wall and are actually falling. Now, does that mean, oh my gosh, here we go again? Housing, no, 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 no. Things are very different. We have mortgage rates at a much higher level, and we also have prices at a much higher level. So prices are beginning to fall. I mean, even with inventory levels falling, prices are falling as well. Not as fast as, as some would have you believe. So for example, Altos research shows that this week, the median price home, $439,900. That is $100 less <laughs> than the prior week. So statistically, pretty much unchanged. Now, now the median home price is down 3.3% from the high that we saw in July. I think it reached 455000 and Simonson is projecting this is going to continue. He believes by the end of the year, we should see prices settle under 420000 which would be about a 7.7% drop from the high. But that makes sense. I mean, because we saw this huge jump in appreciation at the beginning of the year, over 10% easily. And so now we're going to see prices decline by about 7 8% towards the end of the year. So we're still going to end the year on a positive note. Home prices are still, if you bought in January, you're probably still going to be up 5 6%. But it will be down from the high that we saw in the spring, early summer. And it should also be noted that, you know, this makes sense based on this data. Altos is also reporting that price cuts are still happening, but they're leveling off. At around 40% of homes on market had a price cut. Simonson argued that the predictions of a tanking housing market, they can't happen with this inventory level. Tweeting out, the supply of homes for sale is just too short for the market to tank hard. So, I mean, we were already, I was already skeptical of this inventory Armageddon. And one of the reasons why was I was, you know, listening to what Mike Simonson and Altos was saying. And now it's, it's, it seems impossible for us to have inventory at a level that's going to cause housing to crash. Now, does that mean it couldn't be disastrous in certain markets? No, of course not. I'm talking on a national level. The idea that inventory Armageddon is upon us just doesn't play out with the data. So anyone telling you that that's going to happen, stop listening <laughs> to them. Stop listening to the person making that argument. Now, does this mean that housing is going to explode? No, no, that's that, that's not what's going to be happening. In fact, here we have some data, rate lock data. And remember, I like rate lock data because rate lock data is a little bit better than mortgage demand. Because remember, mortgage demand is just someone starting a mortgage application. And so that's the beginning of the process. So more people might want to dip their toes in the water, might want to start the mortgage process. But rate locks you've made it a little bit further in the process. Now, it's not guaranteed that you're going to finish 
you know, buying a home. It's I've, I've seen plenty of rate locks expire <laughs> in my time. Um, but you know, my time, like I've been doing this for like 50 years <laughs> in my time, I've seen, no, no, I mean, I've in the few years I've been doing this, I have seen rate locks expire. So it's not guaranteed that you're going to buy the home, but it's, it's further along in the process. And I think a better indicator than just sort of the mortgage application data. I love the mortgage application data. And in fact, What's funny is the mortgage application data pretty much parallels what we're seeing with the rate lock volume. So they're, they're, they're pretty similar. But I, I am a fan of this report from Black Knight. This looking at August and yeah, not surprisingly, big drop in August. Total demand fell 8.9%. So basically 9% and is now down 57.1% year over year. So like I said, um, inventory levels might be starting to fall again, but we are in no way, shape or form about to see the, the housing market pick up the, I would love to see that, but that's, that's not what's happening. So refis shocker. saw the biggest monthly drop with a 13.9% decline for rate term refinancing. So that's people that are doing kind of like the basic refi. And then we saw an 8.9% drop for cash outs. And rate term, and this is, these numbers are amazing. Rate term and cash outs are now down 94.5% and 72.2% respectively. So rate term refis are down pretty much about 95%. Which, I mean, makes sense. I mean, who, I mean, you really have to be in a situation where, you know, like you're in a divorce and so you need to get another person off of a loan, something along those lines where you have to do that because it makes no sense why anyone would be refining right now. Now, if you're doing a cash out refi, you know, you need the money for whatever reason. Sure, you'd rather do it when rates weren't higher, but still down significantly 72%, but purchases, they were down, still down big 8.7% and are now down 28.2% year over year. And they now make up 82 point, or excuse me, 82, 82% of activity is now purchases. Once again, that makes sense. But if you remember that data pretty much parallels what we've seen from the Mortgage Bankers Association, the weekly data that we get, it's down, I think, 24, 25. So it's pretty close. Purchases, that is. And even the refis. I mean, refis are down 80-some percent. A little higher on the rate lock level, (laughs) but pretty close, I would say. Now, purchase lock um, counts, which exclude the impact of soaring home values on dollar volume, are down 30% from last year and are now down 16% when compared to 2019. This is the lowest August level in more than four years and is now the second consecutive month. The number of purchase locks have fallen below pre-pandemic levels. So I think it's important to note that when they say, you know, this is the lowest that we've seen in four years, it's not ever. It's not like the worst we've ever seen it. It's just, it's, down from what we're used to (laughs) and considering how hot things were, you know, it's not surprising why it's shocking a lot of people, but here is the silver. If you're looking for a silver lining, here is the silver lining in the report. Despite volume plummeting. Now you would think 
that with volume plummeting the way that it is, a lot of mortgage companies would start to get desperate. And I don't know, maybe this will happen down the line. We will see. But you'd be afraid that average credit scores would plummet because they're like, all right, we just got to find people to do loans. Even if they're suboptimal, we need the volume. And we have not seen that happen once again yet. <laughs> so we haven't seen it happen yet. Rate term refi saw a slight one point drop to an average of 733 in August, followed by purchases that were unchanged with the average credit score at 730. Now, cash outs, which has saw a big drop off, began falling at the end of 2021 and it really kind of plummeted compared to the other two. It actually increased in August by two points to 695. So even the worst category is still almost at 700. So this is a very different housing market than where we were in 2008 when people were doing subprimes and they just had awful credit scores. They didn't even need credit scores in some cases. <laughs> so yeah, things are very different. And not surprisingly, uh, the Black Knight report also had home prices falling as well. The average purchase price among homes being financed fell by almost $12,000. That's 2.7% and is now down more than 43,000 to 9.2%. The average loan amount dropped for the fifth time or the fifth month in a row and has now seen a $4,000 decline in August to 340,000. So basically everything is down except for credit scores, <laughs> which I would take. I'd say it's pretty positive. I mean, that's, that's a pretty um, positive development if you were to ask me. All right, now, before we go, uh, I did want to hit on this real quick. We got some consumer inflation data. This is from the New York Fed, people looking at what's gonna be happening a year from now, and their expectations for inflation plummeted to 5.7%, which was down 0.5 percentage points from July, and is now down 1.1 percentage points from the high that we saw in June. This was the lowest reading since, I think it was December. 2021. So we got CPI data coming out today and people are feeling good about inflation. So we will see, we'll see, but people are starting to feel better thinking, Hey, maybe prices are starting to, and remember, remember, there we go. That was, <laughs> I had to catch my breath there for a second. Remember that prices aren't falling. They're just slowing. Prices are slowing, but people are starting to feel better and more optimistic that inflation may start to slow down significantly. And let's keep our fingers crossed that that actually does end up happening. All right, we got to go. You guys enjoy your Tuesday. As I said, we got CPI data. It's supposed to fall. I mean, like legit fall one point, a 0.1% drop month over month to around an 8% reading, 8, 8.1%. And if it's above that, man, people are not going to be happy. If it's below that, it's going to be an interesting day. So we'll be talking about inflation data on the next edition of Markets and Mortgages. But you guys, enjoy your Tuesday. See you tomorrow. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait.